Star Trek podcast in which three nerds watch all of Star Trek in chronological order, one of them enduring it all for the very first time. My name is PJ Montgomery and I am joined as ever by Matt Troy. Hello. And our resident Trek first timer, Elliot Red. Hello everybody. And we've just been talking about how this might be a very low energy episode because <laughs> it's really fucking hot at the moment. British houses are not built to deal with the heat and none of us are sleeping. So... <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. We've got Enterprise to keep us awake and alert. Jokes. <laughs> we'll get there. Well done, Matt. Excellent contribution there. <laughs> this week we're looking at The Shipment, which was written by Chris Black and Brent V. Friedman, directed by David Strayton, and first aired on the 29th of October, 2003. And we get a little previously on Enterprise, which tells us about Hoshi and the Creep. And how he found them some useful information. Oh, yeah, and that's... yeah I, I remember that episode. We watched it before. It was literally the last episode. I know. They, they, have they have they had that previously on before? Because I do. I don't remember them doing a previously on and showing the previous episode that many times. I think the only other times they've done it have been like the season cliffhangers. So like when see one season ended with a cliffhanger and then the next season carried on with it so the beginning of season two and then the beginning of season three yeah or like a, a two-parter or something but they, they, yeah. they specifically showed like hoshi's story during that episode as like a previously on and it had nothing to do with this episode <laughs> i think they were just trying to say that the creepy telepath dude had got them some zindi information but they went that's not enough to do a previously on so let's show some of the creepy shit too <laughs> yeah 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 Anyway, we're uh, we're with some Zindi, a couple of reptilians, and one of the other guys who are basically saying, "Hey, we've nearly finished this weapon. We should test it on a deserted planet." Why are you doing that now? Yeah, you have yeah. every opportunity to do that when you were actually launching it at Earth. Try it out. <laughs> like, was why would you step backwards like that and go from the your target and annihilating you know some of the population in the process going to a deserted planet yeah just test this one on earth too that's what i'd do i mean i wouldn't have done that either times <laughs> <laughs> no but if you've done it once then i assume they've also got a taste for it and they want to kill another seven million people or something i don't want like to turn back up to earth and earth just turn around and go that's the last time you stick a knife in me yeah yeah and then like <laughs> shoot me or something yeah earth will probably do that didn't the zindi Make the expanse. No. Oh that no. Was, um, Ty Frank and um... <laughs> Subspace Eddie. <laughs> uh, 
Yes, that's fit, Eddie. Eddie, they were both those guys are the guys who wrote the Expanse novels. Um, <laughs> so, for some reason, whenever we bring up Subspace Eddie, I get a very specific image in my head, and I don't know why. Elliot, this okay. You probably won't be aware of this, but Matt, you remember the old, the original 80s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Teenage Mutant Ninja Yeah. Do you remember an episode where some guy was stealing kimonos from everywhere in New York because there was one that had a map in it and it turned out to be Splinter's kimono? But to try and lure him in, the turtles invented a kimono shop and Donatello dressed up as Kimono Cal to sell kimonos. And they put out an advert with Kimono Cal, he'll be your pal to lure this guy in. And that's what I think of with Subspace Eddie. What's going on? Just take a gander, boss. Kimono Cal is your pal, so Kimono down to Kimono Cal. That's right, partners. I'm Kimono Cal, and I'm your pal. Here at the grand opening of Cal's classy kimono store. Did he say kimonos? Yes, I said kimonos. So come on down. If we can't make a deal, I'll eat a silkworm. Kimono Cal is your pal, so Kimono I'm from the universe where Nelson Mandela died in 2013. Sorry, I didn't see that fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I cannot remember that episode. Yeah, so in my brain, Subspace Eddie is Donatello of the Ninja Turtles, disguised as a cowboy who sells kimonos. Oh, to me, he's that really fast-talking guy from, like, American TV commercials that always used to be on, like, in a film in the 80s, and there'd be, like, a guy talking super fast trying to sell, like, some kind of... I don't know, like Radio Shack product or something. I don't know. We had it with Micro Machines. They used to have a really fast talking that, guy. Yeah, that guy. Micro Machines from Collections of Five. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Micro Machine Man presenting the most midget miniature motorcade of Micro Machines. Plus incredible Micro Machine pocket playsets. Each one comes with its own special edition Micro Machine vehicle and fun, fantastic features. There's Micro Machine service center and many more. And these playsets fit together to form a perfectly precise Micro Machine world. The Micro Machines collect and race and trade them from the lube. Remember, if it doesn't say Micro Machines, it's not the real thing. Mine's like a sub. Uh... It's like a cyberpunk version of Eddie from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Ed, Ed, Eddie! So there you go, folks. Now you know what we're all picturing when we talk about Subspace Eddie. That is an insight. So the Zindi say that they still need another 100 kilograms of chemocyte, and then Lisa went, they use kilograms? <laughs> I know. That's what I said. Why are they measuring chemosabi in kilograms? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> they should at least measure it in space kilograms. Yeah. Spaceograms or like, I don't know. <laughs> I think a spacegram is what Subspace Eddie sends you when he likes you. <laughs> it's just a picture of his dicks. <laughs> oh, nice touch. Thank you. Uh, but they say that they're going to get some chemocyte from somewhere else, and then they can launch their test weapon in a matter of weeks. 
And are they like they're in the situation ship room again? And every time yeah. they're in the situation ship room, Archer is a bit more of a dick because he's like protecting his weird space that he's got now. He's he's, he's territorial, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, and I know that we have entirely invented the situation ship room situation, but I can't help but notice him being different while he's there now. <laughs> yeah, but they're in there now, uh, Archer to Paul and Malcolm, and they're like, "Ah, oh, we found." This planet that Tarquin, the weird telepath, told us to go to. I still can't believe that was his name. Tarquin, indeed. Yeah. They're getting some weird energy readings. And Topol says, well, and Arch says, yes, I know. It could be a glitch. It could be this. It could be that. But we're going to go look at it anyway. Fuck off, Topol. And then he says, hey, Malcolm, get Major Hayes to join us on the mission. Was Major Hayes the same commando who was on the zombie Vulcan ship? Uh, I think so. But if I was like Archer, we'd go like, Malcolm, you and Major Hayes can come on the shuttle, but you're not allowed to bring any biscuits because I don't want you having a competition where you wank over the biscuits on the way to the planet. Because like the pair of them are just like, can we set things on fire, please? No. Why are you like this? (laughs) Uh, do you think they share the torpedoes? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> what do you mean by that? They have a threesome. Okay. And the third party is a torpedo. That's, I, that's what I mean. So it was I mean sexual. exactly what you thought I meant by I, that, Elliot. I, I, Come I thought on. that more, as more of a relationship thing, where it's like, on you know, three days a week, it's it's the majors, but f- four days a week, she has to cook for Malcolm. And I mean, either <laughs> way, you can't know, cook. Why not? They'd be hot enough. <laughs> yeah, but they've got no arms. <laughs> They are filled with special hey, materials. People said the rat couldn't cook in Ratatouille, man, and look where he got. <laughs> Didn't have to pilot that boy to do it. Uh, have you ever, you ever looked underneath Chef's hat? Could be a torpedo, could be a rat, you don't know. Are you saying that Chef might have a torpedo under his hat? <laughs> now I am, yeah. Oh, good. Anyway. The Enterprise goes and hides behind a moon so that no one can detect it, and then Archer flies the shuttle down with Malcolm and Major Hayes in it, and they sort of fly it weird, so it looks like a meteor as it's landing, I guess. Oh, yeah. And then and then Enterprise is, like, peeping out from behind a moon. Yeah, it spends the whole episode there. Just, like, lurking, and it makes me laugh every time they cut back to it, because it, it looks like that dude who looks over walls, you know? <laughs> Kilroy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I quite like the shots of the Enterprise hiding behind a moon, but yeah, it is very weird. But they they find like the place where they're making the chemosite, and it's very you know Imperial base on Endor because it's all in a forest and the same sort of shade of grey, and it's got an at at outside it. <laughs> yeah, and the drones that are chasing them resemble the bike, the speeder bikes. Oh yeah, sort of. Yeah, not later. Yeah, there are drones. We'll get to them. Hayes says, hey, are those Zindi reptilian? And Archer says, you have eyes? No, they're clearly one of the other ones, the sloth dudes. Oh, yeah. What was he? Like, they didn't look like reptilians at all. They looked like the sloth. What what was his problem? I just don't think he knows what a reptile is. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's probably never (laughs) actually seen one. He's got a reptile dysfunction. Hey! There we go. There's the episode title sorted. (laughs) I'm a little ashamed of myself. We can all go home now. (laughs) I'm very conflicted about what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Archer phones to Paul and says, we found this place. That's where the energy's coming from. And Paul says, well, I've got all the Marines on standby. And Archer says, no, 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 let's uh, let's do something else. <laughs> there, was a, there was a lot of kind of weird behavior in this episode and a lot of like, there was a lot of fannying around. Yeah, I, I'm going to set my stall out now. I don't think this episode was bad, but I do think it was a little bit dull. Yeah, the sloth guys don't really inspire action. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they inspire sloth, which is a sin. <laughs> Along with the other seven deadly sins, Red Panda, Aardvark, Weasel, Polar Bear, um, Tuna Fish, and Snail. Right? That's the seven deadly sins. I haven't read the Bible. <laughs> yeah, I accused you of Snail. <laughs> I liked it in the film Seven where he killed him by Red Panda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like if they put a weasel down his trousers. <laughs> For committing weasel your entire life, I damn you to the seventh circle of snail. No, not the snail. <laughs> Do you know what oh, Anyway, Archer, Malcolm, and Hayes break into the facility, and Malcolm just opens a thing and starts pulling stuff out of place and goes, Hey, is this chemosite? I'm like, oh, fuck, Malcolm, that might have exploded. Yeah. <laughs> I love how it's all like in in tubes, in like foam, in a box, so you know that it's important and dangerous. Yeah, but they they hear some voices and they hide, and one of the sloth dudes enters, and this is when he says, "Hey, this is chemosite. To you people hiding, do you hear that? It's chemosite. Who left this tube of chemosite out? Chemosite. Hmm. <laughs> and then he leaves. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, the sloths, I like them because they're sort of just like laissez-faire. They just don't give a shit. Yeah, like that. Yeah, main, I agree. Garlic, or whatever his name is, the, the main sloth, He's he just goes home and the first thing he does is like, oh, I'm just going to get pissed. <laughs> 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 he's got like a, a, a very fancy sort of feminine liqueur in the house there that he's like, this is my favorite drink. <laughs> That's what I'm going to get smashed on. <laughs> and then he smokes one of those really thin lady cigarettes at the same time. Yeah, but he eats a, eats a box of uh, mint-flavoured matchmakers. <laughs> oh, I like those. Yeah. But because he's a sloth, he can't help himself. So he's just like... It's just like stick his face in there. And then he's all covered <laughs> in chocolate. And it's kind of cute because even though he's like a weird alien, he's also like a sloth, which is nice. With his werewolf hands. Does have massive werewolf hands. I, if I knew him, I'd make fun of that. <laughs> <laughs> You already call me garlic. Don't make fun of my giant hairy hands. Yeah, whatever, Garfield. <laughs> uh, big hands. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't the very next shot we see the the thing getting transported onto the Enterprise? Yeah, because he, he mentions that they've got to increase their production because Degra isn't happy. And then, yeah, they leave. So Archer beams one of the canisters up to the Enterprise and asks T'Pol to start analysing it, I guess. It was nice to see the transporters getting used again. Yeah, and used effectively without them putting rocks in the wall or anything stupid like yeah, that. Yeah, no weird, no weird transporter stuff this time. So... Archer says, uh, so what, what do you think we should do with the, to this compound? And Malcolm and Hayes are both like, blow it up. <laughs> of course they are. Why do you think those clowns? 
Like, surely there's somebody <laughs> chill he could have taken with him, you know, a Hoshi or something. <laughs> yeah, and Archer's like, okay, I'm going to take your idea on board, and I'm then going to remind you that we need to find the weapon, so maybe we should try and get some information first. And Malcolm and Hayes go, we don't like that idea. <laughs> like, can we build, like, blast suppressors around the site? What was that? What is that? <laughs> it is... A trench? I don't... How did they have time to finish it? It's the future. I mean, dear ladies and gentlemen who endure us, write in to our P.O. box or however it is you get into... How do you get in touch with us? Instagram? Usually Twitter. Twitter, yeah. Use the Twitter or Instagram. Tell us how this blast suppression thing works if you, uh, if you know. Or just if you don't know, just make some shit up and annoy us. Yeah, we're not going to know the difference. Yeah. We're idiots. Yes, we are. Well-meaning idiots. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the sloth goes home, puts his feet up, reads his book with his drink, and then Archer, Malcolm, and Major Hayes just, just burst into his house and hold him at gunpoint. It's, it is like seeing fucking ice catch Mr. Tumnus, isn't it? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All my presents are my little names and forks. <laughs> I'd love to see Mr. Tumnus get the hiding of a life of, of <laughs> What have you got against Mr. Tumnus? <laughs> He's just a prick, isn't he? Come on. No, I'm sorry. It. I could so- totally see the CIA busting down his door and going, Where are the kid files? We know you have children. <laughs> <laughs> like, get Mr. Tumnus's hard drive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I was keeping it for the White Witch. <laughs> White Witch, yeah. eh? Okay. That's what they all say. <laughs> Is that a Latin gang? <laughs> Mr. Tumnus, my ass. No, no. She gave me Turkish delight. Oh, yeah. How many kilograms? <laughs> <laughs> Look at this powdered sugar. <laughs> You're going away for a long time, Tumnus. Oh, God. How did this happen? <laughs> I didn't do it. I don't care. <laughs> Mr. Tumnus jumps off the dam. <laughs> I want to watch this so much more than Enterprise. But the dam... The dam is made by all those fucking sentient beavers from Narnia. It's not like a proper dam, yeah. it's just a beaver. It's a lodge. Is is the, the CIA guy still Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like except instead of like it being uh, you know, all Muppets, it's just one human and all of the creatures from Narnia. <laughs> oh what a movie. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Maybe like Tommy Lee Jones shoots that hedgehog guy. Sonic? No, what? Sonic the Hedgehog's not in Narnia. You were an Elliot. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) the Hedgehog. There's like a Hedgehog Man, isn't there? Actually, there's a Hedgehog Man. I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, Do you mean the actual Hedgehog? I mean, like in Narnia, there's like a Beaver Man. And I tell you what, that Beaver Man is a real Beaver Man. He likes some big and hairy. Yeah, he loves Mrs. Beaver. He does, yeah. There's not a what, hedgehog man, he's, he's literally so just a hedgehog. hedgehog. What, the hedgehog? What about him? He's not a hedgehog man, he's literally just a hedgehog. There's no man about it, other than yeah, he can talk. He talks, doesn't he? Doesn't he be like... Yeah, oh, yeah that doesn't make no. him part man. <laughs> Children so it does, because yeah. it's the same way you're only a human man because you can talk. Yeah. If you couldn't talk, you'd just be a human. I'm very sorry to all of our mute listeners out there who just got <laughs> classed as uh, inhuman. <laughs> 
if you couldn't talk, you would literally just be an otter. <laughs> <laughs> I do like collecting stones. <laughs> Live by the riverbank, like floating around, collecting stones. That's the life. A newspaper. No, that's raccoons, isn't it? <laughs> what the hell happened next? Cheers. This is great. <laughs> a, a beaver that loves beaver. <laughs> a hedgehog that's not a man because he can't talk. Oh, Archer asks the sloth his name and he says it's... Well, he either says his name is Greylick Durr or he says Greylick Durr. <laughs> I know! I know! <laughs> My name's Garlic. If I was Archer, I'd be like, right, we're going to call you Mr. Flippy because I'm calling anybody Grey Lictor. So basically they start, everyone's pointing guns at him. They're just like, hey, give us information about the weapon. And he's like, what fucking weapon? And yeah, Archer says, you're going to destroy Earth. He's like, no, I'm just making... My chemocyte shit. I, I'm just doing my job, man. I just do my job. Yeah, hey, man. He's got like a little bit of problem with alcohol. He likes to read his books. He's probably got a little secret weed patch out in that forest, and that's why he goes on his. I don't think it's walks. a secret. Yeah, I think yeah. Pretty much everyone on the everyone on the base is uh, gets livelyed up occasionally by uh, <laughs> Mister Flippy's weed. That's why they <laughs> sold it to these weed. terrorist species. They were just like, oh, what do you need it for? The super ultra mega concentrated dose, huh? Yeah, no problem, dude. That's fine. Okay. Cool. You know that the reptilians uh, are going to be not cool with the weed? Like, <laughs> their drugs would probably be like a rat that's like got, I don't know, like cocaine in it or something like that. They'd eat that. They'd be like, but then the other. Zindi species like the um, the sloths and the humans, they'd be down with it. The insectoids, like they probably just like have pheromones or something. Was there am I missing? Oh, the water ones. Yeah, they, they can't take drugs. That would just poison them and they'd all go upside down. I, I don't think the reptilians do drugs. They're too uptight. They're act they're real buzzkills. Yeah. But I reckon the insectoids just snort smaller insects, so normal sized termites. Oh, yeah. Like, they push them inside their eyes or something weird like that. Something gross. Yeah. Remember that yeah. guy with the nostrils? <laughs> I bet he's huffed all that pepper by now. There's none left. <laughs> yeah, he's a hopeless addict. Like, he's just weeping on the streets because the nearest source of pepper is, like, 60 light years away. <laughs> got a job. <laughs> he got a job as a waiter at a restaurant just so that he could sneak some black pepper every now and then. <laughs> More black pepper, sir. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me just huff that off your dish. <laughs> Doing a little twist of pepper at one of those little uh, packets. Ooh. Anyway, back on the Enterprise, Topol and Trip have found that there's an isotope in the chemocyte, which is the same as the one used in the Zindi probe in the first attack. And then Trip says, hey, you know that gun we've got from, from when they attacked us? I want to take it apart. I'm going to phone Archer and say, can I take the gun apart? So he phones Archer and says, hey, Archer, can I take the gun apart? And Archer goes, I guess. He goes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the gun is full of worms. The gun is full of worms. But before we get to the worms, Archer and Malcolm have a conversation where Malcolm's like, hey, we should just blow up the facility. 
And Archie says, yeah, but then we'll confirm their worst fears about humanity. Let's show them that not all humans are bad. And Malcolm goes, oh, I never get to blow anything up. <laughs> yeah, he's a real Buzz Killington, isn't he, in this episode? Yeah. Little Buzz Lightyear. All episodes, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Archer radios up and asks for the, a fragment of the Zindi probe to beam down so he can show it to Garlic and say, hey, Garlic, look, this is this is from your probe and it's got your chemocyte all over it. And Garlic's like, this is just a bit of metal. This proves fuck all, which is a good point. Yeah, it is a good point. What what are you trying to, trying to prove here, Archer? You've got a bit of metal. He doesn't care because he pulls his gun out and says, oh, I don't care. I don't care. He says... <laughs> What does he say? I don't cares. I miss my situation room. That's what he says. <laughs> yeah, I'm down here on this planet. I could be in my situation room now. Ooh, doing all the situations. He loves the situation. And then the alien goes, I didn't do it. Which is the point when Archer goes, ooh, maybe he didn't. Then we get the worms. The worms. Yeah, so Trip opens up the gun and calls Flocks up because there's a couple of big old maggoty worms in the gun. They remove one, and then another worm just grows back straight away, and Flox is like, hey, they can procreate. Can I eat one? <laughs> yeah, he was totally... He wanted to eat those worms so bad, didn't he? I thought he yeah. was gonna... Delicious. <laughs> and they just reproduce instantly. This is a never-ending supply of meals. Yeah, it's just like a snack machine for him. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, basically, the whole reptilian army then are just like, all we've got is maggoty guns. What about them? They're fresh. They are not for eating. I bet that's their children. <laughs> oh, yeah, it probably is, isn't it? <laughs> they give birth, stuff their babies in the guns until they're too big, and then they grow up to be dickheads. I don't know. Gross. Zindi culture is weird. These lizard men, I thought they looked a bit like Power Ranger villains. It's morphin' time! No, they look much better than that. They, they do look like the, the aliens from Galaxy Quest, for sure. Yeah. They do not look much better than that. Their, their, their body armor looked like it was made out of egg whisk. Are you kidding me? They look like it was made out of egg whisk. Their clothes are very Power Rangers, but the actual head makeup is, is far beyond anything Power Rangers well, ever did. Yeah, their mouth moves when they talk, yeah. Like. <laughs> They're probably wearing like, some weird Met Gala-style outfits, aren't they? You know? Yeah. They're a proper outfit. <laughs> so... Back on the planet, Archer's talking to Garlic, and Garlic's explaining that this guy Degra requests a lot of the chemocyte, and he and his workers are like, hooray, we're going to be rich. They didn't think about what it was going to be used for, and then he's like, oh, by the way, Degra's one of those indies that's a bit like you, just slightly lumpy in the face. And Archie goes, oh, a normal Star Trek alien then. He goes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not like a weird werewolf hands guy. <laughs> yeah. And then Garlic says, I told you not to bring up the werewolf hands. We don't even have werewolves on Zindi. What is a werewolf? <laughs> it's upsetting for us. <laughs> and then Archer says, we know all about your five species of Zindi. And he goes, oh, five, do you? You know about the five species of Zindi, do you? All five, all five. There was a sixth. There were flappy flyies Zindis, and they're all dead now. Why, why are they dead? Because they're idiots. <laughs> Which means there was, a, uh, there was a sixth flying Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> sure that'd be big wing big wing <laughs> that's just flying in circles <laughs> <laughs> isn't the flying bigfoot just basically mothman i mean conceptually <laughs> at least i guess but yeah the zindi went to war and the reptilians and insectoids blew up the planet 
and that's the debris the Enterprise found a while back. And he says, I don't think they did it on purpose, but they are pricks. And Archer's like, oh, so you think that we are going to destroy your civilization and you've literally destroyed your own civilization. <laughs> Is Zindi just to pr- uh, protest too much? <laughs> oh, God. And then Major Hayes walks in and says, hey, I put the blast suppressors in. And Archer says, what even are they? <laughs> it's like, well, they're basically these capsules that I insert into my anus. They do nothing to actually stop an explosion. It just feels good for me and Malcolm when we blow stuff up. <laughs> and Archer's like, I'm never going to ask anything ever again, ever. Yeah. Archer says, I need better crew. <laughs> and then now, and then Topol phones him and says, a reptilian ship's arrived. And Archer goes, oh, great. <laughs> she's still peering out over the horizon of that planet as well yeah they're still just lurking and then going back slightly so the the, <laughs> the reptilian shuttle lands and two of the reptiles indies come out and then a couple of the other primates indie including degra and malcolm says oh oh the reptiles seem to be upset about something and it's like, yeah they're pricks they're just constantly upset. They've just not watched the last series of Game of Thrones and they're furious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, come on, the Battle of Winterfell was brilliant. That's true, but that, also that is literally the first time anyone has ever mentioned the last series of Game of Thrones in the last five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've got like four different spin-off series in development at the moment. How did that happen? I know. I mean, I, I don't care anymore. No. No, me neither. It's been too long. It's been too long. Yeah, it's been too long and not long enough. That's their problem. I feel like I'm also at the point where I devoured the first five books very quickly, and now I just don't think I care enough to read the sixth. I enjoyed them all, and I'm like, no, it's been too long now. I think I'm out. I don't care about the sixth book. You're just like Mr. Worf. He devours books too. <laughs> <laughs> deep cut Star Trek joke Elliot I'm really sorry oh, yeah because I'm not used to it I um, <laughs> I, I never cared about Game of Thrones in the first place but at this point I've, I'm past it and I, I've, my sights are focused on Rings of Power more than anything else no I don't like the look of that either they called it Rings 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 it's the Lord of the Rings the Rings of Power it's Rings Rings <laughs> yeah okay two rings I mean, it's probably going to be all right. You know, it's going to be good crack. You think that Amazon can handle it? We'll give it a shot. We'll see. It's got some good actors in it. Anyway, we're not talking about Lord of the Rings. We're talking about Star Trek. Oh, what? <laughs> I mean, it would take us as many episodes as we've just done to cover one of Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings films. So That is true. Anyway, the uh, I've lost my place. What were we doing? Star Trek. Reptilians. Malcolm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because they look sad. <laughs> so back on the Enterprise, Flox has been studying worms, and he 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 asks Trip to come and come and have a look. And Trip says, "Okay, what have you got?" And Flox says, "Well, I can't kill them with viruses, but I can kill them with Delta radiation. The problem is that Delta radiation would also kill anyone else nearby." Um, P.S. Don't use Omicron ra- uh, radiation because that makes them breed. Yeah, he's got a lot of worms in a can, and I think that's his lunch. Definitely. Either that, or he's going to pull the lid off here, and all the worms are going to come flying out and scare everyone. <laughs> and then back on the planet, Garlic's saying, oh no, they're three days early to get their shit. And Archer's like, oh, okay, cool. 
Cool story. That's nice. Garlic then says, I could be your man on the inside, Archer. Let me be your man on the inside. I'd go talk to them and i get you some information. And Archer's like, no, that's, no, we're not doing that. We're going to go hide in the woods and you're coming with us. Yeah, he's weird. I just think that these guys don't want to be part of like the reptilian slash insectoids indie business. Yeah. Before they can go hide in the woods, two of Garlic's friends come looking for him. And Archer's just stood by the door with his gun out and doesn't open it. And then they leave. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Like, that that whole bit where he's explaining to Archer why he wants to go and be the inside man and says seven million people died. And it's like kind of his fault because it kind of is because he could have at least checked what it was for before he gave it to them. He would have a choice, though, would he? If he said no, no, no. with you, Kimasabi, they'd just come in and probably take it. Yeah, if they just held him at gunpoint, I know they probably would have just taken it. But still, at the end of the day, he didn't know and and therefore was just kind of blind to it, was turning a blind eye, essentially. But it's the first time we've felt the weight of the seven million deaths. It's the first time that's been a cause of something to happen other than the crew's actions. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That is a good point that I had not considered. But then we get Degra and a lizard man having an argument, and the lizard man's all like, oh, I don't like the sloth ones, they're all lazy. And Degra's like, well, you could be patient sometimes, like what they are. And, you know, they're going to go and look for garlic, who the sloth guys do say he likes to go for walks in the woods. <laughs> he does. Well, he's tending his weed patch, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Or he's burying the bodies of the workers who displeased him. Oh, yeah. He's the Karl Panzram of that planet. But yeah, now he is walking through the woods with Archer and Malcolm and Major Hayes when the two reptilian seeker things that are like, as you say, Elliot, the speeder bikes from Return of the Jedi crossed with the Imperial probe droids from The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And Archer shoots one down and then Malcolm fails to shoot one down repeatedly. Despite the fact that that's his job. (laughs) Yeah. And and Archer just says, turns to him and says, why are you here? (laughs) Major Hayes didn't want to come by himself. (laughs) And they go find some caves, and they sit in the caves, and that's nice. The the plan at this point, uh, and this is like a very Elliot-style quote, but I'm not really sure what the plan is. It's run around... (laughs) <laughs> run around a bit that's the plan yeah it's so like fucking about and finding out isn't it like there's <laughs> there's no real structures like oh we'll hide in this cave and we'll light a fire in a bin and yeah oh i'm glad you, i'm glad you guys are like doing my thing for me this week it gives me some time <laughs> off and then goku turns up and does a <laughs> dragon ball <laughs> that's that's how it works you it's... you got him you really got him patrick <laughs> oh what a zinger <laughs> yeah you bloody, um, I don't know. Freaking singed me eyebrows with that burn you did. Yeah. You, you big Akira. <laughs> <laughs> Tetsuo. Canada. Shut up! <laughs> 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 okay. This is where we're at. This is just where let's, we're at. Let's. Let's never record a podcast when we're this tired again. (laughs) We're doing good quality content. We're yelling lines from the hit 90s movie, Akira. I'm pretty sure it was 80s. 80s, 80s. 80s, like 86. Oh, that's so long ago. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. This episode was kind of, you know, usual enterprise. But 
I prefer it because obviously it's the series arc storyline. So I do prefer that to Temporal Cold War. Like, oh, that's coming back a couple of weeks time. I know you keep saying it, but shut up for a sec. Because no, I don't want to talk about that. I'm, I'm enjoying not being having to talk about the Temporal Cold War right now. Yeah, no, you're right. Let's move on. So then Crewman Daniels shows up. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't. And if he did, we'd punch him in the face. Okay. So Trip wants to just start shooting the Zindi rifle. And T'Pol says, Malcolm's not here. You don't have to pretend. That's good, right there. Are you sure this is wise? That's four inches of solid duranium. If this thing can blast a hole through it, then we're in even worse trouble than we thought. Still, it might be prudent to find a more suitable environment to test it. We don't have time to go looking for some deserted asteroid, if that's what you mean. If I may, Commander Tucker and I have learned all we can from examining the workings of the device. A practical test is the next logical step. I've rigged up four of Malcolm's force field emitters. They'll contain any blast debris. What about radiation or particle disbursement? You know nothing about this device. That's the point. Those Indy took out half of our security force when they came aboard. Now, if we don't start making some progress understanding their weapons, we won't stand a chance in hell of beating them when the time comes. Let me know when you're ready. Give us an hour. And Tripp says, no, no, I genuinely want to, because we might, then we know more about how their weapons work and we can defend against them. And T'Pol says, okay, but have you finished studying it properly? Because I think this might be a bad idea. Maybe it's got some kind of safety mechanism or something. And Tripp's like, no, we'll just we'll just pull the trigger. So he does, and then the rifle tries to blow up. Yeah, he has to chuck out the airlock. No, he beams it out. He beams it, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, two successful uses of the transporter in one episode. That's a record. Do you want... I mean, I just assumed that that explosion was too small for them to scan on the planet. It was behind the moon with the Enterprise, so they couldn't see it. Yeah, I guess so. So, yeah. So T'Pol then calls Archer and says, you should probably come back to the ship because you've probably been detected by those things that chased you. And Archer says, yeah, if Malcolm had done his fucking job, we wouldn't have been. Malcolm was doing what he thinks his job is. (laughs) (laughs) Running around shouting pew, pew, pew. Yeah, building a blast suppressor or wherever he's putting up his ass. Uh, so, yeah, they're trapped in these caves, basically. Well, not trapped, but they're in there. And then Archer says, oh, hey, Garlic, do you still want to help us? And Garlic says, yeah, that might move the episode along finally. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, fucking Garfield. <laughs> so he goes home and... He says, what's up, John? <laughs> I hate Mondays. Lasagna. <laughs> I sold some chemicals to a bunch of terrorists. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> I'm in a lot of trouble, John. <laughs> I mean, now he's got a bit hell. Tommy <laughs> Jones is going to come and blow my brains out. <laughs> anyway, Garlic turns up at the compound and he's like, "Hey, let's test our chemosite." And his mates go, "We've already done that. You weren't here." And he goes, "I want to test it again." And they go, "All right." <laughs> so. Archer gets a canister that's identical. Presumably it's the Enterprise have emptied the one they had and beamed it down to him. But Hoshi and T'Pol have modified it so that they can track it. So Garlic's doing his work, and while he does it, Archer goes into the Zindi shuttle, which is completely undefended, and he can just walk in somehow. Yeah, nobody's there. I mean, I guess it's like a forest planet, and there's nobody about. Yeah, true. 
and he just puts their he nicks one of the canisters of chemocyte they've got, replaces it with the one they've made. Garlic has to do some distracting of the the Zindi, the other Zindi, to make sure they don't get there. He's like, "Oh, hey, what are you uh, what are you doing with the chemocyte?" And they go, "We're building a weapon to kill a bunch of people." And he's like, "Cool." <laughs> yeah, they don't give a shit. They don't give a soldier shit about what they're doing, do they? No, no, no not at all concerns at that level. And then Archer gets out, and that's about it. Like he he goes to see Garlic again, and Garlic says, "Oh, yeah." Well, I'm sorry that it's being used to build weapons, but you've learned a valuable lesson today, haven't you, Johnny Archer? And Archer says, yes, I have. And then there's a long pause, and Garlic says, which is? And Archer says, um, not all Zindi are bad. <laughs> he needs a T-shirt with that written on it. <laughs> Thing is, Archer's already learned this lesson because yeah. he did it with the Sulaban two years ago as well. <laughs> Yeah, he's very xenophobic. He just has to be retaught everything that has nuance about each one. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, the Enterprise couldn't track the Zindi because they disappeared into some kind of wormhole warp field thing. And Garlic says, yeah, but they won't have gone far from there. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> As I say, I, I don't think it was bad. And I liked how it moved on the main plot, and I liked all the characters and everything. It was just dull. I don't think they had enough story for the whole episode. Yeah, I agree. That makes it bad. <laughs> I mean, it was largely it was it was fine as 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 far as Enterprise episodes go. I kind of liked Garlic, but mm. yeah, it's it was just okay. I mean, like a Enterprise three. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. so done giving it its own scale. It's all bad. One. <laughs> <laughs> there was one thing I noticed that happened throughout the episode. Every time Archer would call up to the ship, T'Pol would walk over to Travis's console and press a button to pick up the call. Is Travis not allowed to press that button? No, you're fucking up. <laughs> He's like, Travis, stop answering my calls. It might not be for you. It might be about the t-shirt that we've ordered for you as a surprise. He didn't have any lines in the episode, though. At least let him push the button. Oh, I mean, he was getting paid for that. <laughs> But yeah, that's the shipment, and I apologise for us. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, we've let you down. I mean, I come up with some good quality entertainment. This there was a like seven animals I named. <laughs> I did a bit true. about Narnia. We did a whole bit about snorting sugar on Turkish delight. Only a few weeks ago, it was seven animes he listed. This time, it's seven oh, animals. <laughs> Next time, it's going to be seven oh, anagrams. God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Does a man naming animals count as entertainment now? Cause... <laughs> Mate, I don't think you've ever watched the works of David Attenborough, but that's all he does. <laughs> I was going to say, he's made a he's living like, off of it. Fucking capuchin monkeys, a parrot over there, like there's a fucking hippopotamus. <laughs> um, he that's, he tells know, like us what they're doing deal. as well, though. It's not... <laughs> no, he doesn't. He's just like, oh, there's a bunch of fucking killer whales. And uh, there's uh, a llama. Oh, he's falling in the water and the killer whales are having it. <laughs> Have you not? Yeah, he does like a, a kid's version where it's like Dora the Explorer, where it's just him going, look at this panda. Very good. Look at this shark. Very good. <laughs> look at this. <laughs> it's just for hours and hours. I mean, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast before. I feel that I have. But I very much have the opinion that we should just let him have sex with any animal that he wants. You have said that on the podcast before, yeah. yeah. He can pick one, his favourite. What if he doesn't want to? 
<laughs> What's he spending all the time with him for? Science. <laughs> science. I don't. I never saw any science. <laughs> what the fuck do you spend all your time on Star Trek for, Matt? I don't know. Like, well, I'm Matt, if, when, we, when we get to the end of the podcast, we'll let you fuck one Star Trek of your choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Which is the sexiest one? Which one are you going to choose? <laughs> Which one are you going to choose? I need some I mean, only one of them has a sexy room. No, no, not this one. <laughs> Enterprise can watch, but it has to pay a hundred. <laughs> oh God, we need to bring this to an end. I think <laughs> it never ends. Elliot, our next episode is Twilight. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> if you thought it was bad before, <laughs> I don't think it's about sparkly vampires. Okay, Twilight, huh? We'll see what you got, Enterprise. So. We'll be back for that in a week's time. <laughs> if you enjoyed the podcast, not this episode, but if you enjoy it generally, <laughs> you can support it in many ways. We have a coffee account if you'd like to donate money. That would be very gratefully received. Uh, we'd be you know, more inclined to put out better quality content then. <laughs> the link to that is in the description. <laughs> you can also rate and review us on your podcast app of choice, especially your Opal Padcasts. No. Pay us or your torment can end. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, that really helps us out rating and reviewing us there. Follow us on social media. That doesn't help. It's just nice for you. And we'll be back in a week's time to talk about Twilight. Thank you. I need to go sleep now. Bye. Bye, everybody. (laughs) What a fail. I mean, I just, I had a late night anyway, so. Because uh, you're young and stuff. Count yeah, and you know, go into it, raves. No, I just play PS5 till one in the morning. It's <laughs> the same, I guess. That's like a rave. <laughs> <laughs> it's colourful, that's for sure. Start the whole thing again, you mean, or? Uh, just in the bit where we fucked it up. I don't know where we fucked it up. <laughs>